Hey folks, it's Ben Davis here, coming at you with the Music That Made Us podcast, Best Of series. This is uh, the solo podcast. Carthy's still not back with us yet. He's having uh, some family health issues. Hopefully he can uh, get back to us by late spring, early summer is um, my hope. We haven't had a chance to get together and discuss the timetable yet, but this series that I'm starting right now should carry us through until then. We're doing a, what I'm calling five for five today. This is a neat little uh, subject matter that can carry through with uh, any number of bands. Today we are putting up the band Kiss. You wanted the best. You got the best. The hottest band in the world. Kiss! Versus Van Halen. Um, I don't believe they have a energetic opening other than, hey, it's Van Halen. Um, so... I have five articles that I have them going against each other in, and they are as follows. Album sales, musicianship, showmanship, direction. That's like band direction, how they went throughout the years. And hits, awards, test of time. That's all together there. And we're going to go through them together here over the next however long this takes. And then at the end, we're going to see who wins. Um, I do believe you're going to be surprised and maybe saddened. We're going to find out. Start off with sales. Um, there is the worldwide figure, and then there's the North American figure. If you go worldwide... We have KISS with over 100 million figures sold worldwide. They are a hot band throughout the world. They are very big in Japan. They are very big in Australia. They did extremely well in the late 70s and then through the 80s in Australia and in South America. That's, that's, that's fact. A lot of this stuff is fact. One of them is opinion. So this isn't an opinion-based podcast today. This is mainly fact. In North America, Van Halen tops us out. But worldwide, Van Halen is a 75 million worldwide figures. Van Halen has uh, 12... 12 straight albums. And let's run through them here. We have uh, Van Halen, their first album. It went diamond. Now, I, I didn't go in to find, you know, if it sold, you know, 10, it's 10 million, uh, I just put down 10 million. Then we got Van Halen 2, which came in with uh, five times platinum, which means it sold 5 million. Then we've got, uh, I, I just got down um, their... Let me go in here. I can actually find you the actual name because I just put down abbreviations. I knew it was women and children first, but I wanted to make sure that's what it was called before I said it. And it went triple platinum, three million. We have Fair Warning, double platinum. I watched a uh, concert of this um, very brief concert. It was only like 30 minutes of them performing this album. They were very tight at the time. Uh, David Lee Roth was very energetic. The rest of the band was just a band. Their singing at most at times was out of tune. They they just they, they, I was not that super impressed. Had I paid money to go see them after seeing some other bands I've seen, I would not have been that happy. Then we have Diver Down, which went four times platinum. 
Then we have another diamond album, which means it went 10 times. 10 million sold. 1984. That, that's a big album. Then Roth leaves the band. And uh, in my opinion, they become a more tight unit. They get more succinct and they just their sales become into a more roundabout figure and they pretty much do the same all the time. We got 5150, six times platinum. OU812 at four times, or unlawful carnal knowledge at three times, and balance also at three times. Then <clears throat> Hagar leaves, who was uh, their best singer that they ever had. We'll sip of my coffee here. It's in the, I'm doing this in the morning for a change. Then we get to Van Halen 3, which they released in 98. They were doing a pretty good job throughout the years, going not too long without a release. And it went gold. And then they did uh, a different kind of truth, and it all uh, did not sell gold. It didn't sell enough. It only sold. They didn't even put down the figures. So it sold very, very poorly in America. They have a couple of live albums. Uh, live, right here, right now, went double platinum in America. And then their next one did not even register anywhere. I did not go through compilation albums. I did go through video albums. So we're talking long-form videos, like uh, back in the day they would have been video cassettes that people would have purchased. And then into the 90s it would have been DVDs that we would have bought. And we would have very much enjoyed because there were concert videos. Van Halen released three, and they all had Sammy Hagar in them somehow. Um, live Without a Net, live right here, right now. Uh, the first one went double platinum, second one went gold. And then they had Video Hits Volume 1. There isn't a Volume 2. <laughs> uh, it only went gold. It had uh, all three of their lead singers in that one. Now... In America, their sales total up to 55 million-ish. So they were a very big hit here in America. Their sound is not similar to Kiss's in a way. Uh, the 80s Kiss, yes, but 70s Kiss, no. Uh, Van Halen started in 72, 73. So did Kiss. So their timetables are very much the same. So there's not, you shouldn't be saying, oh, well, Van Halen wasn't at the same era as Kiss, but yes, they were. So to think they're not equals, they're not to be compared is wrong. Kiss just got a break a little bit before Van Halen. Van Halen is West Coast, Kiss is East Coast. They will forever be linked due to Gene Simmons and Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen. Um, Gene, with a moment of, I don't know how to say it, uh, being a kind gentleman for a change instead of being a thriving businessman, released them from a... Uh, beginnings of a deal to cover them as a uh, manager because he was getting ready to go out on tour which I guess would have probably been the dynasty tour if you look at the years could have been love gun I'm not 100% sure on that he gave them back their demos and they went out and shopped around and got a good deal and then they made Van Halen and when it went diamond and it sold more copies than any Kiss album alone has ever sold. So on that note, let's roll over to the Kiss side of the albums. Uh, 
So let's roll down the Kiss albums. We got Kiss. It went gold. Then they had Hotter Than Hell, which went gold. And then Dress to Kill, which went gold. They were a little unhappy with that. Then they released their best album they, were, they had released to date. And it probably is their best album they've ever released. Destroyer. Uh, RIAA says it's double platinum. KISS say it's more than that. RIAA has not updated their figures in a while. So it is possible it is higher than double platinum, which also is alive when we get to it. But I had to put down double platinum because that's what they say. Then we have Rock and Roll Over. It also went platinum. And Love Gun, surprisingly, is only a platinum-selling album. After Destroyer, Love Gun comes up, and it is probably their second, if or it's in their top five best albums. It's right up there with Destroyer. It is a great album. If you take the original Kiss, it's probably their second best album. Then we have Dynasty, which went platinum, but if you go overseas... That was a huge album in, uh, like, Australia. They loved it over there. I think it actually might have been a number... Yeah, over there, it was like a number one album. So, they never got that high over here. Then we have Unmasked, which only went gold. Then we have where they start to... They have a big downfall, The Elder, which only sold 375,000 copies. Now, this is an interesting thing right here. Um, people say The Strange Ways has Ace Frehley's best guitar solo. I think The Elder, Dark Knight, has uh, probably his best solo on it. It's a really good one. Um I love that song. His solo is something that I don't think he had ever done before. Excuse me, Dark Light. I said Dark Knight. I'm way off on that. Excuse me. Uh, it is of the time. It's 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 a really good solo. I recommend somebody listen to that song if you're into guitar solos. Then we go to Creatures of the Night which is a gold-selling album. Lick It Up is Platinum. Animals Platinum. Asylum, which in my opinion is a weak album, is gold. Crazy Nights is Platinum. Hot in the Shade, gold. Deserves better than that. It's a better album than that. Revenge, only gold. I cannot believe that. That is a great album. Deserves to be a platinum album, but it is not. It's possible that it could be. All right, then we have uh, Carnival of Souls, The Lost Sessions. Um, this album only sold 181,000 copies. I bought one of those copies. It was not really commercialized, so I'm surprised it sold that. It's, it's a pretty good album. It's kind of grungy. It's very of the 90s the mid-90s grunge scene. It's a kiss you're not accustomed to hearing. It's it's deep and dark, and I enjoy it. Uh, you hear Bruce Kulick sing a song, which you've never heard before, and it's got good drums, it's got good guitar. It's a good album, in my opinion, but it's never going to sell gold, I can tell you that. Then we have Psycho Circus, which goes gold, Surprised it didn't go more than that because it was their reunion album and every KISS fan in the world that went to the reunion tour probably bought that album. So I can't believe it didn't sell more than 500,000 copies. Uh, then we have their last two albums, Sonic Boom and Monster, which sold 325,000 and 200,000 respectively. And these are during the streaming period. So that's kind of impressive that they even sold that much. I have never actually heard Sonic Boom myself. 
because it is not on Amazon Music, which is how I stream my music. I've heard Monster, it's not a bad album. Eric Singer has a vocal on that album, which is spectacular. That is, in my opinion, the best song on the album. It is far from the heaviest song. It is more in line of an 80s Kiss song than it is a uh, 70s or Revenge Era Kiss song. It, it, it's, uh, it's a good song, in my opinion. And I left out the uh, 78 solo albums. They are Kiss albums because it says Kiss on them. So all of those went platinum. They shipped platinum. They did not really sell platinum because they sent them back, but they are platinum status. Now, if we go to the, the their live releases, we have Alive, which went gold. Alive 2, which was double platinum. Alive 3, which is gold. Unplugged, which is gold. You wanted the best, you got the best is gold. Alive 4 is only 137,000 copies. I also bought one of those copies. <laughs> Alive, the Millennium Concert is 49,000 copies. I never heard that myself. And there's the Kiss Rocks Vegas. It didn't register. I did not go into their compilation albums as I did not with Van Halen. But there are some platinum selling compilation albums. Um, which is impressive actually. You don't usually get platinum or gold compilation albums. It takes a lot to do that. Their box set is a, is a gold selling box set. And it was not cheap. I have the original box set that came out in 2001. And it was right around $100 for the complete box set. And the fact that it sold 500,000 copies says a lot for them. However, their best um, compilation album is from 2008. It's called Icons. I-K-O-N-S. If you are a KISS fan, I recommend you listen to that. It is, it, it's, on, it's on Amazon streaming. So I assume it's on Apple and everything else. It breaks down. It's got four sides to it. It's got a Paul, a Gene, a Peter, and an Ace side. It has the, their best songs. It is their best hits that each guy sings. It's, it's the best one of all of their compilation albums. That's what I generally listen to in the summer when I pressure wash my house. <laughs> um yeah, it's 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 the best. So that takes us through the sales. And I tallied them up and in America Van Halen pretty much dominates Kiss because they come out with Oh wait, no, I need to go through the videos. I'm sorry, guys. I was almost done there. It's not fair because when you get to the, the videos, the video albums, <laughs> Kiss just stomps Van Halen into the ground. As Van Halen stomps Kiss North America-wise with album sales, Kiss just gives a <laughs> spanking to Van Halen. And... It's basically because Van Halen didn't release but three albums, video albums, and only one of them is a double platinum album. And I've already gone over those, so let's go over the Kiss ones here, <laughs> which is going to take a hot minute because there's quite a few. Their first one was in 85, Animalize. Uh, I remember my cousin Sam, who was basically my KISS rabbi. He's the guy that introduced me to KISS. And because of him, I am this huge KISS fan. And, yeah, I owe a lot of my KISS... Uh, kissitude to Sam. Sam Cruz. 
so uh, uh, I, I've talked to Sam about this podcast. I had a couple of questions. He helped me out because he had seen Kiss. He had seen Van Halen in their prime. I had a couple of questions about the musicianship part. I asked him about it. And when I get to that, we'll dig into that. But yeah, uh, he had animalized. He had exposed. He had extreme close-up. I think he might have even had Kiss Confidential. I know the Kiss My Ass videos. I think he had that one too. Um, but everything I just named is a platinum selling uh, <laughs> video album. And I've left out Crazy Nights, which was gold. And Kiss Unplugged. I had that one. It was only gold, though. I originally had that on Laserdisc, guys. <laughs> That's how cool I am. Psycho Circus 3D Video is platinum. Okay? That was just the Psycho Circus video in 3D format. That's all it was. There wasn't a, it wasn't a concert. It was just a video in 3D. And it sold over a million copies. Yeah, I had it. I didn't buy it. One of my friends gave it to me. It was like a birthday or a Christmas present or something. This came out in 1998. So I would have been like my 16, like 17th birthday-ish. Something like that. The Second Coming. I had that. That's a platinum selling in America. A double platinum in Australia. This was spectacular. I had it. I watched it so many times. It had nudity in it. It had great nudity in it. Those were some hot women in it. Uh, Kiss Symphony, the DVD, went double platinum. Didn't have it. Had the CD, though. Rock the Nation Live, double platinum. Kissology, Volume 1, 74 through 77. I believe this broke down the band through that period. Five times platinum. Kissology, Volume 2, 78 through 91. I got broke down the band through that period. Probably had videos in it. I don't know. Six times platinum. These came out through VH1 Classic Records, by the way. And then we have Kissology Volume 3, 92 through 2000, eight times platinum. So apparently, people were really digging the 92 through 2000 Kiss, which, in my opinion, if you take that period and then the 74 through 77, those are the two best periods of Kiss. And then we got Kiss Rocks Vegas. It did not register. Oh, Kiss also have some movies that they did themselves. Kiss have two movies. Uh, Kiss Meets Phantom of the Park came out on television in 1978. It was a joke. <laughs> and then we have uh, actual theater release in 1999, Detroit Rock City. Which is them. It's their movie. It's a movie about teenagers trying to get to see Kiss. I didn't see it in the theater, but I owned it on home video at one point. Van Halen doesn't do any of this. Um, so, I think this round goes to Kiss. Sales has to go to them basically based off of worldwide sales. They got them by $25 million. Video albums alone is 30 million sales in video albums to <laughs> like 4 million for Van Halen. I mean, it's uh, not really close. But North American sales, Van Halen wins. Now, I listened to Van Halen more for this podcast than I ever had before. They're growing on me. They really are. I'm not a big fan. But they, their, their music is great for listening to while you're, you know, doing stuff around the house. I mean, if you're like vacuuming, cleaning, you know, doing stuff like making lesson plans for your homeschool class, which I do, it's good music to listen to. It, uh, it's great background music. 
It didn't get me quite as offbeat and off-topic as a Kiss album would. So let's move on to the next one, which is musicianship. Musicianship, folks. Who had the best musical talent between these two bands? All right, so let's break down band members. Let's start with Kiss. Kiss had the most band members, so that's why we're starting with them. We have two people that stayed with the band the entire duration, and they are now been a band for, um, oh, dang it, I just posted it, like 48 years or something like that. 73 to, to until now. So what is that? It's a long time. I'll let you do the math because I don't feel like doing the math right now. I should have done this already, but I didn't, so too bad. If you really want to know, go to Facebook. I posted a thing about it. That's uh, Facebook.com slash Ben Davis and Carthy slash. That will take you to our The Music That Made Us Facebook page. And there is an article I posted on there about Kiss's longevity in the music scene. So, Paul and Gene have been with the band since 1973. Before that, they were with Wicked Lester, the two of them together. So they have been band members for... Uh, a long, long time. So they know each other's ins and outs better than I'd say most people I know have been married. Next we have Peter Chris, who joined next in 1973. He was with the band until 1980. And then again in 1996 until 2001. And then through 2000, and then back in 2002 through 2004. Then we have my personally, my favorite member, who is Ace Freely, or Ace Freely, who was in 1973 until 1982. Oh, let me, I'm sorry. Paul is rhythm guitar and lead vocals. Gene is bass guitar and accompanying vocals and sometimes lead vocals. Peter Chris is the drummer, background vocals, and occasionally lead vocals. Ace is lead guitar, background vocals, and lead vocals at times. And he was in the band from 73 until 82. And then they reunited in 96, and then he left again in 02. All right, then we have Eric Carr, who joined in 1980 to replace Peter Chris as the drummer, and was with them until 1991 when he died of cardiac cancer. And the band continued. They did not break up. A lot of bands, after a member dies, they kind of fade away. So they continued on, and um, Eric Singer joined after Eric Carr. And Eric Singer was with the band from 91 until 96, when the reunion happened, and then he came in and replaced Peter Chris again from 01 to 02, and then again in 2004, and he is still with the band now. Eric Singer has quite the extensive background. He is drummed for some serious heavy metal gods. We're not going to get into band break-off. So... But just know the man has a big background of drumming. Who replaced Ace when he left in 82? That would be a guy named Vinny Vincent. Now, Vinny is a crazy dude. He, I think right now he's a woman. I could be wrong, but he sure does look like one. He was at the band for 82 to 84. He was a different guitar player than Ace, and towards the end of Ace's tenure, Vinny was better. But Vinny was a better songwriter than Ace. Vinny was a better songwriter than Paul or Gene at times. He wrote some spectacular songs for them, but he just, he didn't have it. He, he had a little crazy streak in him. So he left in 84. He was fired, actually. And then they brought in a guy named Mark St. John. Now, I knew a guy when I was about 20 who was friends with Mark. 
and uh, used to run around with him when after his kiss days and uh, said he was a good guy. Now, Mark was only with the band for a year. Mark had, uh, had an autoimmune disease, uh, much like myself. He had what you refer to as reactive arthritis. Uh, basically, his hands would uh, swell up, his knuckles and his hands, and I do believe probably the other joints of his arms would become inflamed, and it would make it extremely hard to play the guitar for long periods of time, such as in a concert setting, especially when you're playing a two-hour or two-hour-plus concert. He was able to record Animalize with them, and that has some spectacular guitar, which you can tell by him playing. He was great. He was their, he was their shredder, okay? For 1984, he fit the bill. But he wasn't able to continue playing because of his disease. So he was, he had to be let go. He just couldn't do it. Uh, I don't know the whole story behind it, so I'm not going to dig into it too much deeper. So then comes Bruce Kulick. He was with him through 84, through 96. He came in, he did his job, nothing flashy, nothing fancy. He was a guitar player, and he did his job. He left in 96, Ace came back. After Ace left, this scrub named Tommy Thayer comes in, takes over Ace's job. He has no style, he has no rhythm. He is a Ace copycat, and that's that. So now let's roll over to Van Halen. Van Halen started off in uh, 72 with uh, Eddie Alex and a guy named Mark Stone. They got together and they were formed this garage band. And then right around 74, they decided they were going to change their name when they brought in David Lee Roth. And that's when they became Van Halen. Uh, Mark Stone was let go, and then they brought in Michael Anthony. And that's when they became Van Halen. So then at that point, you have Eddie Van Halen, Alex Van Halen, David Lee Roth, and... Michael Anthony. Okay. So Eddie and Alex, Eddie being the lead guitar and Alex being the drummer, were the band the entire time. David was with the band from 74 to 85. And then he left. And he was back in the band in 96. And then again in 07. And then he was back in 2020. Now, Michael Anthony, who was the bass player, was there from 74 to 2006. And in 85, after David Lee Roth left, they brought in Sammy Hagar, who had an extremely successful solo career up until that point. He had been with a band named Mammoth, and then he'd gone out solo, and he was with them from 85 until 96. And then he came back in 03 through 05. Now, after Hagar left in 96, they brought in this guy named Gary Sharon, who was with them for three years, 96 to 99. And then when they got rid of Anthony in 06, they brought in a third Van Halen, Wolfgang Van Halen, who played bass with them until they were no longer. So at that point, they really were Van Halen. It was Eddie, Alex, Wolfgang, and then they were rotating singers, basically. They would have uh, David Lee Roth there, off and on pretty much, or Sammy Hagar, depending on what attitude Eddie had at the moment. So let's look at this. Who's the better singer of these two bands? Well, Paul was a opera singer. He actually did Phantom of the Opera. Did David Lee Roth do Phantom of the Opera? Did Sammy Hagar ever do Phantom of the Opera? Did they ever do anything other than these things? No, they did not. Did David Lee Roth 
he he is not known for his ability to sing. He is known for his ability to get out there and act and jump, splits, and be David Lee Roth. Paul, in the 90s, early 90s through the 80s, had to sing because they took off the makeup. Hagar had to sing because he didn't really have a show. He was a guitar player and a singer. So Hagar was the better singer in Van Halen than Van, than Lee Roth. I gotta give the singing to Kiss. I gotta give the singing to Paul. Um, bass playing between Gene and Michael Anthony, I've watched them both. Anthony is a in-the-pocket player. He, he can stay with the tune. He drives right along. But I don't hear many songs where he's out front. Now, I watched some concerts. I saw his solo. He comes out with his Jack Daniels bass. His bass solos aren't spectacular. Then again, then again, Gene Simmons' bass solo is basically him hitting some chords and spitting blood. Um, but Gene has some so has some songs where he is out front. The songs start off with him. He leads like the bass is the lead. So Gene's won awards for being the best bassist in rock before. So I've got to give the bassist to him as well. I've got to give lead guitar, <laughs> i got to give that to Eddie Van Halen. If I were to say uh, Ace gets lead guitar, I would have no credibility whatsoever. So Eddie Van Halen, uh, he... He gets two points. That's just how it's going to be because he is a spectacular top five, top seven guitar player of all time. He did not invent the tapping. Um, he never. He didn't write the book on it, but he is a spectacular player of it. Uh, he brought it to light. While other people were still struggling to make it, he made it and then brought it to the world to see. Um, drumming. See, we've got they had one drummer. They had Alex the entire time. We got Pete, Eric Carr, Eric Singer. Is Alex Van Halen better than Peter Chris? I've got to say Alex Van Halen is better than Peter Chris. However, Peter Chris in 1976, 77 was a bad mother. He was pounding the drums and doing a great job at it. But Alex Van Halen's longevity outshines Peter Chris's few years of spectacularness. Eric Carr... in my opinion, is the best drummer that KISS had. Car Jam 81, which is on Revenge, I believe, showcases his talent as a drummer. Uh, he's great. I would pick him as a drummer over a lot of other drummers. He's not the best drummer of all time. That's a whole other podcast. My all-time drummer of all time ranks generally as number two on the list of best drummers of all time. Um, but Eric Carr versus Alex Van Halen. See, Eric Carr's cut short. It's not fair. I have longevity. He was the drummer the whole time. I, man, and then Eric Singer. Eric Singer's good. His, and then, but I'm not bringing in other bands with it. I gotta give it to I gotta give it to Alex, even though I don't want to. I, I've got to. So now we're two to two. Singer, bass, 
Rhythm guitar, they don't have a rhythm guitar. They got Eddie Van Halen, and we got Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley is not known for his guitar spectacular ability. That's why they had to go find a lead guitarist. Paul at the time says, I wasn't that great. I knew chords. I did this, I did that. They were not known as a band that could play instruments well. Yeah, I'm going to give it another. That's why Eddie's got two points. So we're two to two in musicianship. What we're going to do, actually, we're, one, we're three to two because I gave Eddie <clears throat> two points. So I think it's going to come down to that. I think musicianship definitely goes to Van Halen. So that's that. VH. Showmanship. This is a quick category because it's easy to say. Showmanship is KISS. There's no other doubt about it. Uh, their concerts speak for themselves. Every member in the 70s, every member in the 90s through 2000s to now has their own shtick. Everybody has their own moment. Everybody has their own exploding thing, spitting blood, spitting fire. The blood and the fire, I do believe, especially the fire carried through the 80s. Elevating drum kits, elevating side pieces of the stage. That's tough to beat. Van Halen, they had an elevating drum kit. Uh, they did not have a million dollar firework extravaganza. They, Eddie Van Halen, came out in jeans and a t shirt. He wouldn't wear in a 40 pound suit. When he got into to the move, he did a little shimmy and a shake. He didn't shoot a rocket out of his guitar. Did he need to because he played the guitar so well? Not really, but would it have been cool if he had? Hell yeah. When he was doing eruption, if something would have erupted out of his guitar, would that have been cool? Yes. That would have been spectacular. There were so many things they could have done to put them over the edge more but they didn't. They they let they they were like we're musicians. The music speaks for itself. That's good, but sometimes that's not enough. So I'm just going to be quick on this showmanship. That's Kiss, man. There's no doubt about it. Direction. Both bands basically are 73 to 2020, 74 2020. So, they've got the same length of career. They are equivalent in basically everything. We're going to say 74 because the first Kiss album came out in 74. So, they're both there. They're both doing the stuff. What's different? Okay, here's what's different. Kiss, 20 studio albums. Van Halen, 12 studio albums. Hmm. What's different about that? A band that's been around since 1974, in my opinion, should have more than 12. That's, that's not that many, in my opinion. I just, I don't, I don't agree with that. We're going to take a little break right now, and then we're going to come back in in a minute and finish up this right here because I'm getting close to the moment where it's going to cut me off anyway because of the app that I use. So I'm going to take a break, and I'll get back at you in a moment. Okay, and we're back. All right, so the 12 studio albums over the course of basically Four, well, he, okay, he, Eddie died last year, so that's 46 years. Basically, he's like one album every three and a half years or something like that. If it was 47 years, it'd be one every four years. So they had listless direction, in my opinion, because after their break they started in put their first album out in 78 
then went 79, 80, 81, 82, 84, 86, 88, 91, then they went 95, 98, and then it put out another one until 2012, and then that is it. Then the band is no more. I understand when you become rich and famous as a band, you're like putting out new material is not needed. The fans won't like it when we play it. Or as Paul Stanley just said, new material is like unaged wine. Um, the true fans do not see it that way. I would love some new material myself. Uh, I believe that true Van Halen fans would have been like, man, I could, st I would love a new Van Halen album with either singer. Man, a new Van Halen album with with Hagar would be spectacular because he's making albums. He's what Chicken Foot or the the Circle, whatever it is. He, he he's doing it. He's doing the stuff. Is that that uh Cabo Wabo? Yeah, he's he's down there and doing doing the, doing the work. Kiss, on the other hand, puts out roughly an album every. They, well, they haven't done it in a while, but it equated to one every 2.3 years. They're finishing up this year as a band. After 47 years of being a band, they're old now and saying we're done. I believe them. And they put out an album every two, not even two and a half years. They were very consistent Every year, every year and a half, it almost goes as, see, it was every year until, or every two years, up until 1989, then they went in 92, oh, 92, okay, that was after Revenge. They toured, and then they did Unplugged in 95. That was three years, and they never released Carnival of Souls during that period, which would have been their, they recorded, they didn't release it. They went on the reunion tour, and then put out an album in 98. And then they waited another 11 years before Sonic Boom, and then put out the next album in 2012. And they haven't done an album since. So, oh, excuse me that. They did put out a live album in 2016. They love the live albums. They do. That's because it's hard to uh, top Kiss Live. They are a live band that is spectacular. They do better live than a lot of people do recorded. In 96, Kiss reunited. In 96... The original Van Halen reunited. So we had the possibility of seeing these two bands go head-to-head -head during the summer concert series and see who really was the best of the best. They were both at the uh, MTV Mus Music Awards. Kiss comes out, does their thing, yada, yada, yada. Van Halen come out, do their thing. Eddie is upset and I think it's got something to do he says it's cause David is doing his I'm David Lee Roth in the background you know and he says that he outshined the person receiving the award and, and that was too much and because of that they did not go on the tour in 1996 and in 1996 they should have gone because that was a year after balance. Hagar was gone and they needed something. But instead, he says no. They are listless for two more years. Then they bring in Sharon, put out Van Halen 3, which people bought because they wanted to see what the experiment was and it wasn't that good. Gene and Paul have driven the KISS bus full steam ahead. 
even when they haven't been making albums, they've been in the media somehow. Van Halen have been in gaps of not being around. They might be touring. They might not. Um, they just, they, they aren't the same direction wise. I don't know if it's because of band managers or if it's because when your band leader is the lead guitarist and not a guitarist singer or a drummer singer or a bassist singer, if it makes that big of a difference, you know? When you're usually the, the singer has a large deal with the band because that's you got to have somebody put the words out unless you're an instrumentalist, you know? That could have a lot to do with it. Because if you can't find someone to get the words out there, you're going to be kind of out in the waves, just waiting for something to occur. And that seems to be what happened. And I'm, I, to me, Eddie... Seemed very indecisive at times. Now, my friend uh, Jerry Chapman, who I also talked to about uh, the musicianship part, who was the guy that convinced me to go with Alex as the better drummer, has played guitar with Eddie Van Halen before. Uh, he got to jam with him for a few hours at uh, University City Hilton in Charlotte. I worked there as a bartender for a very short time, <laughs> back when I was uh, 21, before I went to uh, respiratory therapy school. <laughs> he said Eddie was nothing but nice. He was a very nice guy. But how you are to the public and how you are when you're dealing with your band are two different things. Because Jerry could be a slave driver when he's dealing with his band, but when he's dealing with me, we're nothing but friends. <laughs> gotcha, Jerry. <laughs> so, direction. You know how this is going to go. So, we're moving on. Hits, awards, the test of time. This is, uh, I didn't expect this one to go this way. I really didn't. This kind of caught me off guard, folks. It really did. Um, <laughs> Van Halen. I knew they had two Diamond albums, but I did not realize they were only one of five rock and roll bands that have two. Number one albums. All right, here's what I here's all I did. I looked at U.S. and Canada only, North America. All right, 1984 is a number one album in Canada, not United States. All right, 5150 is a number one album in the U.S. OU812 is a number one album in the United States and Canada. For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge is a number one album in the United States. Balance, number one, United States. Best of Both Worlds, number one, United States and Canada. Those are a lot of number one albums. There are bands out there that would just, I don't know, give their left foot for a number one album anywhere. And these people have... What, one, two, three, four, five, six number one albums in North America. That is, that's amazing. All right, number one singles. All right, this is pretty good. I did the, the Billboard US, US Maine, and Canada. All right. Pretty Woman, number one, US Maine. Jump. All three went gold selling single. A gold single means it sold one million copies. 
a gold album sells 500,000. There's a difference there. Why can't this be love? Went number one on the U.S. main. Black and blue went number one, U.S. main. Um, when it's love, number one, U.S. main. Pound cake, number one, U.S. main. Round around, I mean, excuse me, run around, excuse me. Number one, U.S. main. Top of the world, number one, U.S. main. The live version of Won't Get Fooled Again cover from The Who, number one, U.S. main. Don't Tell Me What Love Can Do, number one, U.S. main. Humans Being, number one, U.S. main. I don't know this song, but it went number one, U.S. main. Me Wise Magic. Without You, number one, U.S. main. That's from Van Halen 3, folks. There you go. Those are their number one singles. Here are some awards that they've won. They went... They went to 1992 American Music Awards and won for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. In 1992, they won the Grammy for the same album. They have three MTV VMAs for Jump and two for Right Here, Right Now. That's back. Those things used to mean something back in the day, folks. That's that's got something else. They have some commercials. Now, commercials are what's going to take you to the test of time. The one that I will always remember is the Crystal Clear Pepsi. Right here, right now. That's the one. They had an Acura commercial. During the Super Bowl. Running with the devil. Another a Nissan commercial. You really got me. They were in, their music has been in countless movies. Countless movies. Um, popular movies at that. Uh, let's see, the last one I personally can remember was the Oscar winning film Argo. I believe Dance the Night Away was in that one. They have never Played the Super Bowl. That's a knock. A band of this caliber should have played the Super Bowl. Let's roll over here to Kiss. Kiss, number one albums. Zero. In the United States and Canada. Their singles, number ones. Shout it out loud, Sweet Pain, number one in Canada. I was made for loving you. Number one, Canada. Gold. One million copies sold. Psycho Circus. Number one, U.S. Maine. That's it for their number ones. But Beth reached number seven on the U.S. charts. Regular U.S., that is. Not Maine. U.S. charts. It also went gold-selling, so it, they have two gold-selling singles. Van Halen doesn't have that. They have all those number ones and only one gold-selling single. Now, so that's two million sold in singles. Both bands are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's have a look at some awards here. People's Choice Award from 1977 for Beth. Kiss got nominated for a Grammy for Psycho Circus. They didn't win. Um, Metal Edge Reader's Choice Awards. 16 wins. 16. That's people. You, me, reader, readers voting in, and they won 16 times. 
over the course of the mid-90s until today. Gene, Ace, and Paul have all won for their jobs within the band. That went into me giving Gene the best bassist award of the two. They also won the Classic Rock and Roll Honor Awards, Best Reissue in 07 for Kiss Alive, 75 to 2000. That's, that took all of their Alive albums and put them into one disc. Reissued it, remastered, really good. And the Showmanship Award goes to Paul, Classic Rock and Roll Hall Honors. Now, Kiss played the Super Bowl. Kiss played the Olympics in Salt Lake City. Van Halen did not. Beth was in a commercial in 2006 for Volkswagen. I don't know of many Kiss commercials. They had a lot of commercials in the 70s for their albums, but being used inside of a commercial, per se, I couldn't find much. Like I said, Kiss had their own movies, one in the theater, one on regular TV. Their music has been used in movies as well. I cannot recall movies that are quite the hits of Van Halen's movies that have been in. Because like I said, Van Halen is more of a free-flowing band than Kiss is more of a heavy band. It's, there's a difference. They're, the, they're, they're equals. They're contemporaries. But there is a difference in their their tone. Their, their tone. Um, there's a, there is a difference. So, that one goes to VH. So, let's do the tally. Also, I think that when it comes down to test the time, I think that Jump will outlast Rock and Roll All Night. Because Rock and Roll All Night Party Every Day is their probably their best known song. They've made it that way. It's not their best song. It's far from it. But um, Jump, which is probably Van Halen's best song, better known, one of their best known songs, put it that way. It's not their best, but it's one of their best known songs. Um, I think if you were to have a, I don't know, an alien race show up, and someone throw some music on, I think Jump would be on a playlist before Rock and Roll All Night would. <laughs> Put it that way. Or a hundred years from now, I think Jump would come on the radio before Rock and Roll All Night. So. Sales goes to Kiss. They got them worldwide. The musicianship went to uh, Van Halen 3-2. to two. Showmanship goes to Kiss. Kisses have better direction. There's no doubt about that. You cannot say they haven't. They've uh, not really been listless much. There's no doubt that they know how to market themselves. They they have a kiss coffin. <laughs> Come on, folks. They have their own catalog. They have no. They know what they're doing. The uh, yeah. Direction goes to kiss. And test of time goes to Van Halen. That's that's three two. Three for Kiss, two for Van Halen. Yeah. Hits, sales, those are facts. Direction might be probably opinion. Showmanship, that's a fact. And musicianship is opinion, but I did not do it myself. I reached out to people, musicians, people who have seen the bands for this. This is not all me, folks. So I hope you can listen to this and say that this guy is skewed. I am a KISS fan by nature. They're KISS, Tom Petty are my two favorite bands. So... Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. So, yeah, they're they're up there. Uh, Van Halen is not. 
but I'm, they're growing on me. They really are. So, folks, there it is. My first five for five. I'm thinking about doing Green Day versus, I'm not sure, should it be Blink-182 or The Offspring? I, I'm not sure. Who was their bigger rival of the two? I can't figure it out. They, they're, they're contemporaries, all, yes. But which one would be the better versus? So, you guys let me know. Somebody shoot back at me. These solos are not collecting the listens that the other pods were. So, if you like what you hear, you know there's a Kiss fan, there's a Van Halen fan out there. Share it with them. I would very be, I'd be very much appreciative, folks. Uh, we're struggling right now because my partner is off with his family. There's a cancer diagnosis. He's not able to be here. So I'm doing what I can to keep us afloat, to keep us above board and keep us from going silent. It's hard to do something solo when it was designed to be a duo. So try to share if you can. Uh, if you <laughs> Just do whatever you can for me, folks, if you enjoy listening. As always, this has been Davis with the Music That Made Us podcast, and this is the Music That Made Us presents the Best Of series, and right now we're doing Five for Five. As always, you can get in touch with me at our email, themusicthatmadeus at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Instagram. Instagram is the music that made us. That's at the music that made us, obviously. Um, and Facebook is facebook.com slash Ben Davis and Carthy slash. Um, that slash may not be there at the end, but hey, you can find us. We are on there. Oh, the album and uh, what was the album and record of the year? Yeah. One of them is basically just a song, is what the difference was. Yeah. So, I don't know why they don't just call it Song of the Year and an Album of the Year. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, the Grammys, man. Hey. No music news this week, just this. If I find any music news coming up for my next one, I'll get it to you. I'm going to try to get these out a little uh, better timetable. This was longer than a week. This was more like about a 10-day process. I'm going to try to start getting them out on certain days. Anyway, thanks for listening. See you next time.